Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a not-for-profit organization dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We educate pet parents about the importance of protecting their pets with a pet trust, and we provide pet trustee services. Today, however, it is my delight to introduce you to our special guest. Her name is Katherine Hilton, and she is from Blind Cat Rescue and Sanctuary. And welcome to the show, Katherine. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be with you. Well, thanks. And uh, I'm excited to talk about cats today. Um, I feel like sometimes we talk a little bit too much about dogs, so we're going to just focus on our feline friends today, and um, I am not familiar with Blank blank Cat Rescue and Sanctuary, so you really have a blank slate, and you can uh, tell us everything there is to know. So start at the beginning. Where? How did this organization get started? Oh, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to relate that information. It's, it's truly a, a, a work of love and passion. Our Founder and CEO, Alana Miller, and her daughter were volunteering at an animal shelter, and a gentleman came in with a blind kitten named Louie, and he said, I'm, I just want, you know, take this cat, I don't want it, and if you don't take it, I'm just going to dump it in the parking lot. Oh. And Alana knew that if the kitty was, was taken in, that it would be euthanized immediately because it was blind. And Louie was such a wonderful cat, and she just, she adopted Louie. And then it kept happening. More cats that were blind were coming in and were, you know, scheduled to be euthanized. And she just couldn't live with that because they all have potential and they all deserve to live. So she founded Blind Cat Rescue with her daughter in 2005. And its, it's main mission is to be a permanent, safe, loving home for cats who would be euthanized in shelters and animal control facilities because they're blind. Um, and we are just beyond happy to be able to do that um, for these cats because they're all deserving. They all deserve to live, and and that's how it started. And we're in our 16th year. Um, we have we went from one building to three, and we are just happy to be going strong. That is just an incredible story, and um, I see Louie's picture is on your website at blindcatrescue.com, <laughs> yes. so folks can check out mm-hmm. how the whole organization got founded by beautiful Louie. Yeah, he's a great cat, and we have a page on our website. It's called The Cats, and it has a little blue box, and if you click on the box, you can find the story of each cat who is at the rescue, and, and a lot of their stories are very sad. Um, one of the reasons we are a sanctuary and don't adopt is because Alana's belief is by the time they get to blind cat rescue, 
They have been through enough trauma, enough fright, enough starvation, and they don't deserve that anymore. So that's it. Once they're with us, they're with us until they pass on. Okay, so that's a good point to make. So you are not an adoption organization. You're a true sanctuary. Somebody comes there, a kitty cat comes there, they're going to live there um, for their entire lifetime. That's true. And they will receive whatever care they need, be it if they're just, you know, in general healthy or if they have an issue, they will always be treated with whatever they need. Well, that certainly is a passion, and, and I love that idea. I, I do love cats. I, I've had as many as five or six at one time. I currently only have two, um, and uh, neither of them are blind. But uh, I loved what you said about blind cats earlier, um, that they don't know they're blind. So tell us about that. It's true. Um, the, one of the reasons I know that is because I have a blind cat and that's one of the way we found blind cat rescue. Uh, we wanted to adopt this little cat we found on pet finder and said she was blind and we didn't know much about that. So my husband Googled um, blind cats and came up with blind cat rescue and we reached out to Alana and that her words to us were cats don't know they're blind. They just know they're cats. We're the ones that, that say, Oh, they're blind. They can't do this or that. And that's just not true. If you, Go to our um, YouTube page. There is a really good video. It's very short, but it's called Blind Cats Bird Watching. And we have in one of the, the facility rooms, there are, these cats are all blind, and they're, they're out on the top of this climber, and a bird has gotten in under the roof of the outdoor area, and they're all watching this bird fly around, and none of them have eyes. They, have, they do not physically have eyes to see, and yet, they're watching these birds fly around and you can watch them turn, you know, cats have ways to get, get through life. They have other um, senses that they bring into play. Yes. And and I like other cats. They are so amazing. Um, And, you know, I know some people say, well, I'm a dog person. I'm not a cat person or I'm a cat person. I'm not a dog person. But um, for all of us who have ever owned dogs or cats, sometimes there are cats that act like dogs and, uh, Cats that act like cats. Yep. I actually have what, what we call a cadog right now. <laughs> a cadog, uh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. He's a most, our most recent uh, adopt, adopted cat in our home. He's a neighborhood cat, and he's this big, big boy cat, you know, and he, he just thinks he's a dog, so we call him a cadog. I, I think that is a terrific thing, and, and I know that uh, you recently um, took him in when his owner decided to move and leave him behind. Yeah, yeah. He was he was just come and sit in our yard and stare at us, and, and we said, you know, that's just not good. <laughs> and he's big, big buddies with my husband, so I, I, love, to, I love to see them kind of out in the yard together. It's just really fun. Oh, that's nice. Well, um, they do have a way of wiggling into your heart and uh, making you their uh, full-time servant. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's, that has got to be one of the biggest difference between cats and dogs somehow is that cats always manage to uh, get us to wait on them hand and foot and uh, not so much dogs the same that's way. True. Al- although, uh, that's you true. Know, although, you know. Although. Yeah, you don't have to walk a cat two or three times a day. That's one thing dogs do that cats don't. 
That is true. You don't have to walk them three times a day. And uh, something that people yeah. definitely appreciate about cats. Um, so what is the general cause of blindness in cats? Well, there are several forms. Um, obviously, cats can be born blind. It can be a congenital problem. Uh, more often than not, it's related to an upper respiratory infection that goes untreated. Um, if, if you see a cat sneezing with a runny eye, that probably means they have an upper respiratory infection and it needs to be treated right away because it, it, it just does very bad things to their eyes and, and they, they sort of blow up and they lose them. And it's, it's traumatic for the cat. And um, another way is high blood pressure. And a lot of people don't think to check a cat's blood pressure, but um, we've had several cats come in with hypertension um, and they've lost their sight. The retinas actually detach and they, they lose their sight. We had one cat come in a couple of years ago who was a senior cat who was um, blind and deaf. He was a sweet boy, but we were able to, we, we immediately take them to the vet. So they get a complete workup and we discovered his high blood pressure and he went on medication right away and he actually regained some of his sight. Um, because enough time, he hadn't been hypertensive long enough for his eyes to be damaged. So he got a little bit of his sight back, but that's another way um, they can, can go blind. Um, and another way, of course, is an accident. Um, if they're hit by a car or have some kind of trauma, we have a cat named Honey, who's about the sweetest cat there ever was, who was adopted as a kitten and the people said, Oh, we want to keep her as an outdoor cat. And she got hit by a car, lost her sight. And they took her back to the shelter and said, we don't want her anymore because you can't see. Mm. So being hit by a car in, in some way being hurt is another way they go blind. Well, and I see her on your website and she's a beautiful calico. And um, by she looking is. at her, you could never tell she was blind. That's right. She And, you know, my cat that, that we adopted, she has her eyes. She was born blind. And they just have an odd reflective quality to them. But she's, you know, you, you wouldn't, I have to remind the vet sometimes, you know, remember, she can't see you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, of course, um, just this makes absolute sense. But um, if anybody ever had a blind cat, it wouldn't be ever a good idea to even let that cat outside. No, it isn't. It isn't. I mean, Potentially, you could do it on a, a leash that was re reliable, but we, we do not let ours outside. And the cats at the shelter don't go out either. They have indoor-outdoor areas. Um, we call them the catios, um, where they can go out and get some sun and feel the breeze and listen to birds. <laughs> but we do Definitely. not let them go out unattended. My cats also have a catio, and they spend <laughs> most of their time out there. Um, because they yep. love seeing everything that's going on out in the yard. They look at the horses, they look at the birds, they look at the lizards and the snakes and, um, and the dogs. <laughs> um, so mm -hmm. they, they and it's love amazing how lots of blind cats are really excellent hunters. A lot of the cats at BCR are, they catch lizards, they catch, you know, bugs. It's amazing. They're just excellent hunters. I, I am amazed. The other thing that I think is wonderful about your organization is that you also take um, FIV positive and leukemia positive cats. Yes, 
we we've recently expanded our mission to include those two types of cats because they're also euthanized in shelters because of their conditions. And FIV cats in particular can have a very long and, and healthy life. You know, you, um, we, my husband and I actually had one who lived to be about 14. Um, but again, they're, they get to shelters and they say, okay, you know, let's, let's euthanize them. So we have quite a few cats now who are FIV and FELV positive cats. And we're, we're happy to offer them that same guarantee of a loving, safe, happy um, home for the rest of their lives. So are you pulling cats from shelters or how do you learn about the cats that ultimately become full-time residents there? Um, we usually get contacted by, by people. Um, we, have, we have one cat whose name is Rusty who actually walked out of the woods <laughs> into the shelter and he was a mess. He had fleas and ticks and was just a mess, but he was smart. He walked out of the, the woods and he's still there. Um, but mostly it's, it's people and organizations contacting us about it. Okay. So, I mean, obviously there's a limit. You can't take every cat in the world and there's thousands of them. That's right. That's right. I, you know, I wish we could take in more, but we just, we have to be mindful, you know, of our, our ability to care for them and, but we do the best we can. Well, and, and I noticed that you are in St. Paul's, North Carolina. So just so people don't get Correct. confused, there is such a place in North Carolina. And um, <laughs> and so do you mostly serve cats that come from North Carolina or from all over? Uh, I think mostly they come from the East Coast. Um, we had one cat who came all the way from um, Saudi Arabia. Uh, we had one come from France, one came from Puerto Rico, um, and but most mostly they come from the U.S. And we have it's, it's amazing to me how many how much effort people are willing to go to to help get a cat to us. We have one angel who is a, a flight attendant with an airline, and she's flown some cats in. And um, the people who are trying to find them homes and reach out to us will sometimes drive, you know, eight hours to bring them to us because they want to make sure they get there safely. And it's, it's, it's a great community of people and, and they're willing to do anything they can to help the cats. That is terrific. I, I almost wonder if we know the same person because I do have a friend who's a flight attendant and she's constantly flying cats somewhere. <laughs> It could very well be. <laughs> which um, which I think is wonderful. Um, and it's a great way for her to use her, um, you know, her work benefits um, to benefit mm -hmm. um, an animal. So I, I think that's fabulous. And I love the fact that, um, that you have um, people that are interested enough to drive animals, you know, eight hours and, and make sure that they get there safely. Mm -hmm. So um, do, you, do you partner with other organizations? Uh, we do actually. We uh, one activity that we've had going on now for quite a few years is a spay and neuter program, and that operates in Guilford County, which is a few counties away from from where we are. But we partner with a veterinary practice there and local TNR groups. And that's trap, neuter, and release. And our goal is to spay and neuter as many of the cats in these feral colonies in that area. North Carolina has a pretty bad uh, rate for um, feral cats, and, and it's, it's not good. So we're trying to do what we can to help that population. And they, uh, they work on the ground. 
um, the the TNR groups are the ones who know the colonies, they know the caretakers, and you know the way that we work is we work through a complete colony. We we treat all the cats in one colony before moving on. It's not scattershot. It's very focused, and um, we want to treat we want to spay the females so there are no more kittens born, and we want to treat to neuter the males so that they don't fight anymore because um, FIV is transmitted through deep bites and it's usually male cats who have that. So if we can neuter them in time, they're going to fight less and they'll be less, they won't be sick, you know, and suffer from that. So in that way, yes, we partner with, with that group of people and it's, it's a great thing. In the past four years, I think we've spayed or neutered almost 7,000 cats which wow. is an amazing statistic. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we have a friend that runs a spay-neuter here in the central Florida area, and um, I remember when she started that organization, her husband didn't have much hope that it was going to last very long because he said, well, you know, in a year or so, you'll have spayed and neutered all of the animals in uh, central Florida. And uh, they are still growing yeah. strong many, many years later, yeah. and I know there are over 75,000 spay and neuters at this point. Yeah, and it's, it's, I don't think people really grasp, you know, how many kittens a feral female cat can produce in a year. And it just adds up exponentially. And, it, you know, there are graphics out there you can find that, that sort of do it in, a, in a, an easy-to-understand way. And it's just astounding how many kittens are potentially born. Those numbers are astounding. And uh, I remember even as a child doing uh... – uh, presentations in school um, based on the uh, the statistic of 10,000 unwanted puppies and kittens born every hour. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking because you know that they're going to end up either being killed or, you know, in their colonies or being sick or it's just, I always put it as being in harm's way and that just covers, you know, a huge amount of territory. But for, you know, it's, it's dangerous out there for, for kittens. And especially in a, even with a caretaker in a colony, you know, they could be living in a broken down house or beside a restaurant or under a deck. And it's just not, not safe or healthy. No. And I was at a rest area um, somewhere between Virginia and Florida on Saturday and saw a little, looked like a young orange tabby type cat, um, at one of the rest areas, and it made me wonder whether um, somebody had dropped that cat there or if it was part of a mm-hmm. feral colony that kind of existed off of the charity of people who stopped there. Yeah, yeah, you just never know. Um, but, yeah, it always breaks your heart um, to see um, cats living in the wild like that that maybe don't have um, a family to call their own. And, um, yeah. again, as a young child, we were traveling with my family and, uh, we used to travel with our cats and I guess this was before they'd ever invented cat carriers or we never heard of them. Uh, <laughs> and the cats just rode in the, in the back of the station wagon with us. And, uh, we had this one male, um, cat who decided he was done traveling and, uh, he managed to escape at a rest area and into the woods he went. And oh, no. We were never able to recover him, which was heartbreaking. So my wow. poor dad had wow. four little girls and his wife crying um, in the rest area. 
Oh, yeah, That's very sad. sad. I, that was just heartbreaking. I, I remember that from being a child. Um, and, you know, it's but, funny. People mistakenly think if they don't want their cats anymore, well, I'll just put it outside. It'll be able to fend for itself. And that's not true. You know, they'll they'll adapt, but they're not just going to go out and, and know how to hunt and know how to. It's it's not a it's not something that they just it's not fair to them to do that. And same with dogs. You know, you can't just throw them out and say, OK, go fend for yourself. No, that's true. And and yet I know that that's sometimes uh, the fate of some animals. And in my personal mission, you know, is to keep loving pets uh, or loved pets in loving homes. And, um, you know, we yes. want to make sure that when people um, become ill or if they were to pass away, that they have a plan for their pets. And um, so often you do see posts on uh, various sites, you know, asking for help after somebody's become disabled or died. And um, mm-hmm. and it really just takes a little bit of planning for the pet owner um, to make sure that there is a plan for their pets. And so absolutely, I know, that's critical. Yeah, because we don't want people to just go, I don't know what to do with this animal, let it out the door or take it to the nearest shelter and then have that animal find that it doesn't fit the adoption um, criteria and end up euthanized. Exactly. And you cannot rely on family members just because you love your cat or dog. You can't rely on your family members to feel the same way, sadly. No, and I love that you said that because I think so often we do have that expectation that because we love a cat or a dog or a horse that our family members will feel the same way about them. And I've seen far too many cases where spouses even, um, as soon as one spouse passes away, they're like, yeah, not going to take care of this cat or this dog or or multiples in some cases. I mean, God forbid anything happened to me, um, my poor husband would get left with six dogs and two cats and three horses. So um, I have to make sure there's a plan. <laughs> We have several cats at Blind Cat Rescue that are that are the result of a of a situation like that. You know, we have one cat named Buddy who's um uh he I think the wife really wanted to keep Buddy. He was a stray and and uh the husband was like, Nope, nope, it's me or the cat so she had to give him up and our joke is, you know, we hope she's happy with her end of the deal because we sure love him. <laughs> exactly. Well, and every time you mention one of these animals' names, I go and click on their their little button on your Meet the Cats page and uh, and I mm-hmm. get to see their pretty faces and uh, Buddy is a beautiful orange tabby. I would love to share with everybody the story of one cat in particular who's at the rescue now. His name is Uncle Fester. We went through a little bit of an Adams family naming phase. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he's an or- he's an orange cat from the area uh, from in uh, Robeson County near Lumberton, North Carolina, which is where we are. And he was a stray, and he had been scrounging around in the streets, and nobody had helped him. And finally, some good soul picked him up and he ended up with us and as usual they they were right to the vet for a workup turned out somebody had shot him with bird shot mm. and he had little pellets of bird shot all throughout his his body and it, you know it doesn't there was no way to remove all of it you can I think you can see his x-ray on his page and 
you can still feel the little pellets sometimes, but he is the sweetest cat. He is not afraid of people. I don't know why. He's always, when a new cat arrives in his room, he's always the one that tries to make them feel at home. He's just the sweetest, gentlest cat. And he suffered who knows what at the hands of people. Never, you know, not even just being shot at close range of bird shot, but you know, that's the kind of things that, that cats who are out there, especially blind ones, you know, you just can't imagine the, the fear and the suffering that they go through because they, they really, they are missing a key sense that they need to survive. Well, and he is a beautiful cat, and I do see his x-ray, and folks that want to check him out can uh, visit the website at blindcatrescue.com. Um, you can also see how many people love Uncle Fester because he has lots of sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> He is the king of sponsors. I think he has more than anybody. But, you know, his story was just so compelling and sad. I mean. Yeah, that is incredibly sad. Well, and and the other thing is you can watch him live on, uh, you have a live pet cam. Yes, we do. We have um, streaming cameras in all of our facilities. And you can go on there 24 hours a day and see what the cats are up to. on our website, I believe the link is called Watch Live, and it's a Zmodo camera system, and it will give you the instructions on how to log in. It's always fun to go on our Facebook page and see people, you know, posting pictures of, you know, look what Uncle Fester was doing at midnight, and or a cat chasing a a, um, a leaf or a bug or something. It's just and how they play together. It's it's really fun. Well, good entertainment for um, people as they work from home as well. Yeah, yeah. So talk to us how um, how this last year has been impactful on Blind Cat Rescue. Wow. Well, like all other nonprofits, you know, we've, we've been impacted by uh, COVID in lots of different ways. Um, to me, the main one is that we – we normally have monthly open houses where we welcome people to come in on a Saturday and spend some quality time getting to know the cats. We weren't able to do that in 2020. Um, and we pretty much had to close the shelter to visitors almost completely um, because of the risk of COVID. And that's, that's just kept us from being able to let people have that really incredible one-on-one experience with the cats. And that's, that to me, that's the saddest part is is not being able to welcome people, and because really being in the same room with the cats is the best way to understand that they really are just cats. <laughs> sure. And then, do you expect that to change in the future? I hope so. I, I feel like we are, as a nation, maybe starting to turn a corner, um, but I think it's going to be quite a few more months before we can do that. I, I think at this point, you know, we could. Um, it's, it's all up to where the person's coming from, where they're tra- how they're getting to the rescue and, and that sort of thing. So it's, it's still pretty tight. We have to be careful to make sure that the staff stays healthy, you know. Absolutely, because there's lots of, uh, of furry faces there that need to be cared for. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so we can't come visit you at the moment, but how can we help you? Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for asking that. Um, The best way to stay in touch with us and to know exactly what's going on is to um, like our Facebook page. Uh, We are always posting videos of the cats, and and there are um, links to our blog um, articles. 
Um, we also have live tours every day, twice a day at noon and 3 p.m., um, which are where our staff will go around and, and, and in, usually it's one building at a time and they'll introduce you to the cats and talk about them. And, and if you are a cat sponsor, it's a great way to see how your kitty's doing. And, and uh, of course, you can chat during the tours. Um, and that's a great way to sort of stay in touch with what's going on. We also have a friends page on Facebook. Um, and that's a place where people can sort of share stories about their own cats and, and hear, you know, come talk about our cats too. And we have a, a very active YouTube um, page as well that's just chock full of videos that I, that's where I said that the bird watching video is. There are plenty of other ones that will show you things that blind cats can do that you wouldn't believe they can. So those are the main ways. We're also on Instagram and TikTok and, and places like that. But I think Facebook is really the biggest community if you want to uh, be in touch with us and see what we're doing. And obviously our website, blindcatrescue.com, is a, is a one-stop shop for information and connection. So that's a perfect place to go to. And what does it cost to sponsor a cat? To sponsor a cat, it's $30 per month. Um, we have a second program, which is called a sustainer program, which allows people to sort of determine what their budget will bear and that they can sustain all the cats um, at any level they per month that they are able to afford. And both of those things can be done on our website, on our donate page. Okay. We also and have, um, it, if people wanted to help in other ways, we have wish lists with Chewy and with Amazon and we're very good about updating those with the things that we're most critically in need of. So that's another way people can, can help. Yeah, those are great ways to do that, too. Um, send stuff that you can actually use, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. So, um, and you can, I just had a birthday recently, so you can do a birthday celebration for Blind Cat Rescue as well. Yes, Facebook is great for that. You can set up your own fundraiser and you set the amount that you want to raise and you can um, personalize it and invite your friends to donate. That's a wonderful way, way to raise money. I your, love it. Your cats. Yeah, I love it. And I love that you have so many photos up there and so many cats that uh, um, that need, need your help but have your support and um, – if somebody wanted to volunteer and they were in your area, are you still accepting volunteers? Um, I think that's up to the discretion of the um, director at this point because COVID still is sort of raging around there. Um, but if somebody wanted to talk to her about doing that, the, there's a way to contact her right off of our website if you're interested in doing that. We'd love to have volunteers on hand. Before COVID, we had individuals that would come in. We'd have small groups. Um, and, and I think people are always surprised at how clean the shelter is. Everybody says, I don't smell any cat, you know, boxes or anything. And it's true. Um, the staff works very hard, and I think a lot of people are surprised by how much work it actually takes. But they enjoy doing it. It's awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I got rid of that nice cat smell when uh, I switched from regular litter to uh, pine pellets that you use for horse stalls. Oh, interesting. Interesting idea. Yeah, and way cheaper wow. than uh, than kitty litter, too, I have to say. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, yes, that's always a, a favorite thing for um, cat lovers, right, is cleaning the litter box. <laughs> 
but it's a necessary thing for sure. <laughs> oh, it is absolutely, and uh, and and cats can uh, have some funny habits about that too. So uh, uh, we we want to make sure that uh, we're paying attention to our cats and all the ways that uh, enrich their lives. Absolutely. So tell us the name of your cats, Catherine. My cats, um, our blind cat is named Marla, and our foster fail is named Coco. And the one that uh, the recent addition is Sebastian. Okay. So no naming uh, uh, requirements there. They just get cute names regardless. Yeah, Sebastian sort of came with his. Marla did come with her name. She and and she was old enough to where we thought she probably knew it, so we didn't want to change it. But um, yeah, I don't think you know when we've gotten kittens before, we've named them. But a couple of these guys came with their names, so that's funny. Um, I went through a phase where all my animals had B names. They started with B. <laughs> I had Bo and Bailey and Bandit. So um, I love it. <laughs> and now I'm back to bees for some reason. My newest puppy, his name is Bingo. So uh Oh, that's a great name. Uh yeah, I, I love telling people and Bingo was his name, oh. <laughs> well we, we do go through phases at the rescue. We had a we have uh kitties named Jelly Bean and Peanut and we had Skittle. He has since crossed the Rainbow Bridge. They were brothers who came in together. And now we're in sort of a Grey's Anatomy phase. We have um, uh, Meredith and I <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> so if you see, and then I mentioned we had a Gilligan's Island phase. So we have Skipper and Professor. And the uh, Adams Family phase is Morticia and Gomez. <laughs> I <laughs> so see that. That is through different phases. funny. <laughs> that is really funny. But I do see those names on there. So, uh and I see a stitch on there and a smudge and a popcorn. Mm-hmm. So lots of great names. So if, yep. even if you're looking for cat names, um, they could visit your site and uh, come up with some really cute names. Absolutely. Um, and if they're reading the cat stories, you know, I, my husband always likes to say this, and I agree with him, have a box of tissues handy because a lot of them will break your heart. But the good news is that those cats have, have gone past all the bad stuff now, and their lives are going to be good, safe, and healthy and full of love from now on. Well, and we love what you're doing. So thank you, Catherine, so much thank for you. joining us today. And I didn't properly introduce you at the beginning of the show. So I want to make sure that folks know that um, you're doing a bang up job there, um, working on behalf of Blind Cat Rescue. And, and you have a fabulous title, which is um, longer than I can pronounce, but um, it is Program Manager <laughs> for Donor Relations and Stewardship. Um, which really means that Catherine right. is working on marketing and fundraising, which is why she uh, was elected to join us today and tell us all about Blind Cat Rescue. Um, I'm I just it down to I help I help cats. <laughs> perfect. I think that's a, a great way to go, and uh, we're so glad that you do help cats because. Um, there are so many cat lovers out there, and um, I suspect that there were a lot of cats that were adopted over the last year for um, some of our stay-at-home crowd, and um, and that's a good thing, too. Absolutely, and I, I hope any of your listeners who are, are in North Carolina or want to come visit, 
you know, when we get a little further down the road from COVID, I really hope you'll stop by Blind Cat Rescue and meet the cats because you'll be you'll be amazed and impressed and you'll fall in love right away. Oh, absolutely. Well, and uh, since I now know where you are and I have to make that lovely drive up and down 95, I may have to hop off one day and uh, and take a visit myself. Fantastic. We'd love to have you. Thank you. All right. We've been talking with Catherine Hilton. She's with Blind Cat Rescue and Sanctuary. They are located in St. Paul's, North Carolina. You can find them at blindcatrescue.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and all over social media. Um, And there's lots of ways that you can help. So um, if you have it in your heart to love a cat, Um, help out Blind Cat Rescue at blindcatrescue.com. Thank you so much, Catherine. And I just want to thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. And I just want to remind people to protect their pets with a pet trust. Thank you for listening to us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. My personal motto, until there is none, please adopt one. And um, until later, happy tails. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales.